Welcome to the Bread and Circuses Podcast, brought to you by Digital Pizza, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy this shit show. Circuses podcast back once again here with what was your name again, sir? Crow. Crow. Okay. Hello. It. Yes. It's been a long time. Has it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hasn't been that long. What are we at? Are we up to episode 90 yet? Okay, seriously, people, we need some feedback on what to do for episode 100. I have an idea. I'm not going to share it here. Okay. But I thought it was pretty and cool. And it has nothing to do with eating or getting. No, no, no. We're not. I'm, I'm not ingesting any more stuff. So not like try to talk with that one of those super spicy Manny Pacquiao chips. Like, no, like it's one chip. You open the bag, it's one chip. It's oh like the, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Oof. So what I would say, if if we were to do it, you'd have to eat the chip without water in front of you, and then we'd have to actually try to go through the episode, like speak. It'd probably not be very good though. See, maybe talk like this because you have so much like saliva in your mouth. The problem is. The, the reason we could never do any of that spicy stuff is because you can handle like a pretty high level yeah, of that. decent amount. I mean, it turns a corner pretty quick for me, though, if it gets too hot. And to me, like, habanero ketchup is spicy. <laughs> Wait, sorry, just ketchup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, no. Like, you'd eat one and I'd be crying worse from just you opening the bag. <laughs> so, so it would be tough to speak, I think, with the, that kind of, those kind of Scoville's. Units in your mouth. Oh, here you go, getting all smart yeah, yeah. on your Scoville scale. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is the Scoville? Uh, it's the person that came up with the... Uh, yeah, but how much? Oh, What's the increment? Uh, 50,000. I don't know. <laughs> no Pulling that one right out of your I ass. I don't know what is really hot. Like, is it 200,000 or is le- like there's a certain limit? Like the, what is it, the uh, Guatemalan Ghost Reaper or whatever I, the hell? I don't know. But, like uh, I said, I get past like... Mild at Buffalo Wild Wings. It gets a little crazy for me. So we got a letter, an email. Sorry. Yeah, one of one of the, our listeners uh, had a, a topic that they wanted us to uh, go into. So and, uh, got, uh, I'll read this since my eyesight's better than yours. Good okay. by a long way. Uh, hey, it's hmm. I'll be leaving the university in a couple of weeks, and I thought it would give you. This is a an employee. And I thought I would give you the inside scoop while I still can. Not only is this school not worth the money you pay, but it's incredibly unsafe. Today, the building and surrounding buildings that I work in went on what I'm calling a lockdown. There are only three entrances open to the public, and you either have to have an identification that you work that you work or are a student there, or have proof that you have a doctor's appointment that you are going this to. This is the U of M, by the way, University of Minnesota. All... Uh, This all stems from a few, to put it nicely, occurrences over the past couple of years. Last year, we had a quote-unquote homeless epidemic where the homeless were sneaking in and hiding out uh, to get out of the cold. We're talking hiding in the ceiling and vents. Keys and badges were stolen, so they had access to basically everywhere. The cops were constantly being called about drug use. In fact, uh, on our one of our vet techs found someone who had overdosed in the elevator early one morning. This is why I think they started to allow first-year med students to carry OD kits. 
But the best thing that the cops had uh, to break it up would be to have the homeless person, homeless drug and orgy party that happened in one of the classrooms. And those are just the big things that uh, got told to us. And this winter see, and this winter season, we are already. Yeah, we are already off to a great start. Many of our labs have been broken into, a lot of theft of students in broad daylight, but one but the one that takes the cake would be would have to be when someone got stabbed in the with a needle in the library in late October. We usually get email notifications about crime events at the U, but this but this is one that I am finding out about now. And it did not come from the U. My mom told me she saw it covered on the news. It's so apparently, yeah. So apparently, the U cares more about the namesake than letting its faculty, staff, and students know about the safety concerns that are happening. But hey, at least they buffed up security. There's a lot more crime that happens in and around the area, and honestly, it's probably to be expected as this is the city. But a lot of people who I've talked to. Uh, and have worked here for decades. This all started to ramp up when the light rail came in, and I know you, I know how you feel about light rail. Yeah, we love it. Anyway, the moral of the story is: don't let your kids go to the U unless they want to be stabbed by a needle with a guy who tested positive for hepatitis C. Yeah, and she's got a lot of um, links here too to like the public safety notifications, crime logs, and the needle stabbing story. Um, and also at the end here, she's got a little bit more. After the links here. Also, and this is hearsay, but I heard that the president of the university doesn't like to drink out of the filtered drinking fountains we have. So naturally, she had the fountains removed that are near her. And now the U supplies water bottles for her to have, you know, sincerely a salty soon-to-be ex-employee. <laughs> but I also got a little addendum here. And said, uh, oh, by the way, there are still two entrances that are not on lockdown. One is coming from the Washington Avenue park ramp. It's usually a card access only entrance, but for some reason they decided to prop the door open 24 seven and not have anybody surveilling it. And then the one in deal halls is, and it's just one floor down from where the guy was stabbed with the needle. So, um, they, so what she's saying is that not only is, uh, it's a phenomenal waste of money if you're taking, uh, the humanities classes or whatever, but also it's unsafe and it's getting unsafer from her perspective of just being there. Uh, and they don't seem to care or they don't want to alert people or notify the students or, or faculty that they're allowing randos to come in and, you know, have a good time, throw needles around or prop doors open where somebody can come in and do a shooting or something. You know, they don't care. Well, and that needle thing, and trust me, I'm not just saying this because I hate needles. Um, that needle thing is scary. I have a relative in the healthcare field who got years ago, got stabbed with a needle by someone who was an intravenous drug user, had to take the whole uh, HIV prevention yeah, be thing. Yeah. Had to be tested. Um, I can't remember how often it was, but basically but for a while. said you won't. We won't know for sure if you're in the clear. Wow. This was a married person. So you had that held over your head for how long? Married person who'd been married for many years who now had to have uh, protected sex with their with their spouse. So if at all, I mean, yeah, can you imagine? yeah I mean, it was not recommended and yeah. I just like, Oh my God, over, you know, a needle that some degenerate had. And yes, I called a drug user a degenerate yeah. because yeah, you chose to start it's going disease, down that path. Rister. You know what? It might be, but it's a self-inflicted one at some point, And you started down that path. 
I, I don't I don't buy into the whole alcohol, alcoholism as a disease bullshit anyway, or, or drug drug abuse as a disease bullshit. Um, you may have a predisposition, or you might have some sort of condition that makes it uh, you more susceptible, but it's still not a disease. Yeah, Sorry. I I agree. And it's, I'm not saying that uh, you can't have compassion for somebody who has uh, alcoholism and, and really is just in the throes of their addiction and can't get out and want to, but just can't. You can have compassion for that person, but I'm still not going to call it a uh, disease. Well, uh, there's uh, this is a sports ball reference you won't get, but years ago when I was a kid, uh, the Dodgers manager was Tommy Lasorda, and uh, one of his players was Daryl Strawberry, who was a great player who had all sorts of drug issues. And he was doing this whole thing about, you know, hey, uh, it's a sickness and all that. And Tommy was sort of goes, it's 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 not a disease, it's a weakness. And, uh, you know, and that may be a little more harsh than a lot of addicts want to hear. And people say, oh, you don't know what it's like. And, yeah, to a degree, I don't know what it's like. But I have an addictive personality, and I, I'm aware of that. So there are paths I just don't go down. Well, I've taken drugs and I've got the uh, the high from the drug and I've got the down from the drug. And I go, you know what? The high is not worth the down, the coming down from it. So I'm done Juice with it. ain't worth the squeeze? Yeah. And so, yeah, they go, well, that's because you don't have an addictive personality. Well, okay, granted, maybe I don't. But, uh, you know, there's, there's something to be said for, you know, willpower and your, uh, your just ability to make a choice. And yeah. even, if, even if you have an addictive personality or there's something you really... Like, uh, you really, really want to get something that you can't afford, and do you steal it or not? Yeah. You know? So, well, there's kleptomaniacs that can't help it because they're kleptos. So it's a disease. It's like, no. Nope. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a disorder, maybe. That's, I'll give you that, maybe. But that's not the majority of people. I mean, when you slip into addiction, most of the people are not slipping into addiction because of disorders through, you know, lack of willpower or, or just, you know, or, or, deciding that the, that they don't want to um, deal with the consequences of it. Well, and I've told you this before, I have never done a single drug in my entire life. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't out of some sort of self-righteousness or anything like that. It was, I was terrified of them. And the reason I was terrified of them is not what people told me they would do to me. I mean, sure, when I was, you know, like early teens, maybe, you know. Yeah. But... After that, it was like, I know myself well enough to know that if I try one of these and I like it, I am never going to stop. Rooster, alcohol is a drug. So, yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, okay, maybe I don't have one because I went through that phase too. And I'm, you know, my wife always tells me that I'm a sober cab that I don't because I rarely drink Do you that take much. pharmaceuticals? Uh, Big Pharma is poisoning us with their drugs too, but no, you, don't accept, you, don't, you don't call those drugs. I take an Aleve once in a while. Yeah, you're talking illicit drugs. No, yeah, I never did. But I I just think I th- I think you can say oh it's a disease. And again, I'm not a doctor. I don't understand this stuff, but my point of view on that is I I'm willing to un- I'm willing to grant that people have trouble with it. But for me it's like you started down that path, you know. So um but as far as the the security aspect of it, and she did mention about how the light rail is a problem, mm-hmm. and it's not just the U. It's it's everywhere that the the way they've dealt in Minneapolis, especially they dealt with light rails. For one, it's a huge boondoggle. It's a huge money suck. They tried to promise everybody that it would pay for itself, and, and anybody with half a brain knew it never will. 
Well, the people who were pushing it knew it wouldn't, too. Yeah, but they were trying to tell people that it would. Right, because after... It was after, a big lie. I think after the first couple of years when they figured out that it was only 30% of the people who were defaulting on the, on the payments, mm-hmm. you know, they're basically taking the riders plus the amount of income they had and said, you know, it's something like 30% or something. And they said, oh, good, because we thought it'd be worse than that. Hmm. I mean, they admitted it. Yeah. Like 30... 30% of the people riding the thing not paying is okay with them because they thought it was going to be much worse. But wait, you told us it was going to it was going to make money. But it is it is it does open up a, a means of transportation for crime for criminals to to get to their crime and to get away from their crime their yeah. activities and it's that's that's been proven time and time again. Um, also they've been t- been allowing um, like homeless people to use trains that are parked to uh, to stay warm. You hear about this? Yeah. Um, at one point, I, I know um, I heard from one, uh, I think it was Blue Jay who was on the program here or on the show, one of the episodes, he was talking about how there's some sort of fire retardant system in the bottom of some of these that drop sand, I guess. I, I didn't know okay. anything about this, but he said, yeah. And he goes, what they did is they figured out how to pry it open from the inside and they would use it like a litter box. Are you kidding me? Yeah, so I'd like to look into that a little bit more. This is just 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 hearing this from a why? Because you want to shit on a train? Yeah, I, you know, you got to do. It's got to put something on your bucket list, and that's that's a good thing. But you anyways, know, that's maybe that's what we'll do for episode one hundred. We'll go through Crow's bucket list. <laughs> it would be terrifying. Yeah, I don't even have one. I'd have to actually write one out before that. Oh, I've got your bucket list. Okay. Well, I'd, I'd like to hear you. I'd like to hear my bucket list. From you. <laughs> well, I'm just, over the years I've known you, I'm just going by stuff that you've said and wrote okay. it down. Um, That's what, you know, next time. I'll have Crow's bucket list next all time. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. But. As a warm up for episode 100. Also that, that they want to protect the wrong people nowadays, the, and the Democrats and the leftists in the society. They want to make things safe for people. Like, you know, it's all about right now, like. Um, the trans community needs to be needs to feel safe because they're having so much horrific violence perpetrated against them. Well, first of all, that's a fucking lie. Uh, if you look at the statistically, trans people are no more no more no more overrepresented in murders and, and assaults than any other. Um, How dare yeah, you? Any other um, demographic? So that's bullshit. And then also, if you look into the stats, it's not just out of uh, the most of the trans people that are uh, assaulted or murdered are. Um, a big high preponderance of it is black men that present as women. So trans women, black trans women. And uh, they make a point of that. Well, it's because of, because of this transphobia and racial hatred. No, if you look into the stats and this is what, this will, what'll get you banned on Twitter. Cause Andy Noel pointed this out on Twitter and got banned off Twitter. Andy knows a journalist, um, Asian journalist that got as famous for kind of, pointing out Antifa, uh, their their tactics and the bullshit they pull. He's the one that got attacked with the milkshake and most recently. And oh, yeah, a, but he's a hateful bigot, so it's okay. Yeah, a gay Asian. Um, Gaysian. Gaysian. So he pointed this out um, that if you look at, who, okay, who's perpetrating the attacks against or the, the murders against the, uh, the black trans females? It's black men. So how is that a race, race, racist issue right there? How dare but you? But hate fact. How that got dare a Gaysian you banned off of uh, Twitter? I'm not even gonna look at you anymore. <laughs> I didn't reference the uh, Greta Thornburg look you gave me. I I can't even stand to look at you. 
So, but but they're gonna they're gonna be outraged about um, about the uh, the safety or perceived lack of safety for trans people, and that um, and but they're and they're gonna put make sure that uh, that the right of drag queens to read to children in libraries is is there, and they should feel safe, and anybody that doesn't like it better stay away because uh, you know that's considered you know threatening behavior, and we want them to feel safe. Worried about that, but not worried about students and faculty at the U of M. Fuck you. Well, they can, you know, they can uh, fend for themselves. Oh, no, I was gonna say. Well, they can. They can worry about. Well, no, they can't. Obviously, they can. They can put their focus on bullshit that doesn't need to be focused on. But the. Uh, but they can't actually put focus on what needs. What needs government, or or what would be benefited by taxpayer money? They're not going to use that taxpayer money for that. Well, Ken, why the hell is it that all of these places that have been run by Democrats forever are shitholes? Baltimore, Cleveland, Chicago. Minnesota's a beautiful city. Yeah, um, well. Minneapolis, sorry. Guess what? Yeah. This is, well, Minneapolis has had like more murders this year than. Yeah, a lot of stuff goes unreported to. It's about what they're not reporting to. So, um, I mean, there's a, um, let's just take light rails alone. There's been so many assaults and attacks and gang attacks on light rails that, uh, that they, there was a, at one point there where they, sh- they were allowing, weren't allowing footage to be shown of attacks because they were afraid that it would, it would make people um, uh, racially uh, profile profile because it turns out that it was black gangs or Somali gangs that were attacking people on these on these trains and they weren't showing it or they weren't allowing the media to have access to those anymore because it it uh, you know it, it would just stoke uh, white people's hatred even more. How dare you? Because you know white people they just go out and they just start massacring black people at the drop of a hat as soon as they see some sort of perceived. Uh, um, um, slight against them, right? Against the white people. That's how it works, isn't it? Well, you know, when Steve Irwin got killed by that stingray, a bunch of Australians went out and killed stingrays. So I rest my case. Okay. Okay. You know, he was a beloved white guy. Mm-hmm. You know. Crikey. So I'm just, yeah. But Minnesota's not headed in a good direction. I mean, just a few nights ago, they had a city council meeting where the police chief, Madaria Arredondo, who seems by all accounts to be a good guy, black guy, uh, says they need 400 new cops. So they decided to make mm, about 14 available. Um, so they said, nah, we won't give you 400, but we'll give you 14. And uh, I think it's Bob Kroll, who's the head of the police union, said that's not even one extra cop per shift. It's just it's not going to do anything. But they pushed forward saying, well, you know, we'll do these 14. So they had this huge... Uh, they had this huge protest at the city council meeting the other night saying, we don't need more cops. It's like, uh, yeah, you do. You need more cops. Yeah. It's, let's take a look. Is crime going up? Well, they said this woman gets up there and she says, she says, we don't need more police. That sends a bad message to brown people because as we know, the, uh, the, the incarceration rate is disproportionately high among brown people. And that's because they're targeted for, for incarceration even when they're innocent? Is that the deal? Is that, yeah. is that true? Is, yeah. that, is that what she's Even implying? when they're innocent by, uh, by black police officers too, you know? Yeah. It's, it's there's, not a, there's no problem with criminality in, in certain communities at all, right? That's, yeah, that's something that you can't, you it's can't not, say. It's not because of something they did. It's because the system racist is system. racist, yes. Yeah. The okay. system goes after them more. Oh, that's why when I get pulled over and the cop asks, you know, you know what I pulled you over for? I said, it's because I'm black. Yeah. It's the first thing out of your mouth, everybody. 
Because <laughs> you can't identify that way now. Well, and then you get shot. Yeah, you got to make sure you have your hands up. Yeah. you got, And you got to say, hands up, don't shoot. <laughs> so, um, let's, uh, we mentioned the trans thing. But before we get back into that again with more of this news by an individual, we will harken back to let's do some would you rathers all right and for everyone who's a fan of would you rather we're sorry we didn't do any last episode so we'll do a few extra this time and for those of you who aren't fans of would you rather shut up all right would you you're doing it again just read what you're gonna be like that's stupid move on that's fine would you rather headbang or slam dance oh i'd rather headbang i'd rather slam dance you know why why headbanging can cause brain damage just sitting there going like this mm-hmm. yeah or or uh Neck damage. I mean, like, if you're really into it, I just, like, prefer... I prefer now, the subdued now headband. slam dancing is basically being in a mosh pit, right? Yeah. I, I've been in mosh pits. So I don't want to be in a mosh pit. It depends on how aggressive they're moshing, you know? There are some... I mean, there are some really hardcore moshers, but generally speaking, I don't think they're, like, elbows to the teeth kind of thing. So who's, like, a, uh, who's like a mosh light band? It's mostly punk stuff that it started yeah, with. It would mostly be punk. So who's like a hardcore one? Oh, I I'm not I'm no aficionado of of hardcore punk. What about mosh like the pit bands? Dead Kennedys. I went to what where I went in mosh pits were like back in the day when they had the Lollapaloozas and the yeah. Fests where they'd have like a bunch of different bands and who knew you know what they were like Blink Eight One Eighty Three and stuff like that. I don't. They're not a mosh band, <laughs> but. There would be some band that was a Masha punk, punk band, and you'd have the Rage bands. Against the Machine, maybe. Yeah, you know, stuff like that would happen. So, um, and I have terrible crowd anxiety, so I was trying to get over it. So yeah. I just said the best way to get over it's just to get in the thick of it. And uh, yeah, a couple instances instances of crippling like anxiety where it feels like you're having a fucking heart attack. Really? In the middle of a crowd of thousands of people, it's not a good place to try to get over your anxiety. <laughs> what about, would you ever crowd surf? I did. I've done it quite a bit. Really? Yeah. These All these like Edge Fest and Lollapaloozas, they're so packed that, yeah, you just you just go, hey, get me up there. And someone will do that with their hands and you'll just step up. And next thing you know, you're you're going around. I, no, I wouldn't recommend it for girls because they usually get grabbed yeah. inappropriately. But I never got my junk squeezed or anything and I never fell on my head. It was actually pretty fun. I've, I've known some guys who've done it and said they got punched in the balls. Yeah. Never happened. Never <laughs> happened to me. And uh, that was actually kind of fun. That, that was... You, you you do it like you just you'd have to watch your head because people be doing it so often that all of a sudden if you're not paying attention you get like a boot to the head from somebody crowd surfing over the top of you yeah <laughs> and that's with those really packed crowds but there was times where the crowds were so thick that it would surge and you'd just like sway like a piece of grass because you couldn't move your feet because you were so packed like sardines uh-huh. and that is like that's anxiety inducing right there I I would I would trapped. love to love to crowd surf sometime yeah. just wants to say I did it that was a lot of fun. All right. Um, I didn't, can't believe we talked that much about a dumb one like that. Um, would you rather sleep in a spooky attic or an eerie basement? Oh, God, attic. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. In the attic. Um, I, more of an escape plan? You can jump out the window up there maybe? I'm, yeah, there's that. I There's something psychologically creepier about a basement to me than an attic. And, uh, you know, I always think of that thing like he who has the high ground, you know, has the advantage. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, like, if anything was trying to come up at me from downstairs, I could, you know, kick it in the head rather than sure. bite it in the ankle. You know, if it's, if it's, if it's human, if it's a blob, a blob, of then you're dead no matter what you do. And eyeballs. Yeah, then you're dead no matter what yeah, you do. It doesn't matter where you're at. Yeah. I, I, I. So you picked basement or attic. You'd rather mm-hmm. be in the attic, and I 
I think it's the same either way to me. I don't have any preference for where I'm going to get attacked. All right. Uh, would you rather spend the rest of your life living and traveling the world in an RV or inherit a castle but never get to leave it? I know what you'll pick. What? RV. I was actually thinking the castle. Inherit a castle but never get to leave a castle? Well, I'm assuming it means like never leave that town. I'd be like, hey, I got a fucking castle. No, it's just the castle itself. Yeah. I, you know, I, you're probably right. You've convinced me. Traveling the world in RV. The world in RV. So you'd have to like barge the RV. Overseas. Yeah. I mean, that'd be kind of scary. If I could, I could spend, if I never had to, if I never left the country or the continental US, like, I mean, Canada's fine. I'm not taking an RV into Mexico. I'll probably get killed. <laughs> um, but, uh, well, there was just that whole big gunfight between cartels right at the border. Yeah. The other day. That's, that was fun. Uh, if I could spend, if I retired now, I could spend the next 20, 30 years driving around the United States and Canada in an RV. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I, I, that's my, that's my jam. But a castle would be awesome too. Nah, you get bored. Yeah, you're right. I get bored. Unless you had a shitload of money that you could bring anything and everything that you wanted in there, I guess. Look, you were winning. You won. All right. RV. You? That's, you do the RV oh, too? Oh, absolutely. I, was, I thought you were going to be like, oh, fuck no castle. <laughs> <laughs> I hate RVs. <laughs> All right. This is one for you. Would you rather have your child be popular in school but have a C average or not be popular but have straight A's? Oh, that's a tough one. Honestly, it's a tough one. Because, look, in the, in, the, uh, in the grand scheme of things, high school popularity is not – important i mean looking over the rest of your life but you know i remember adam carolla saying this he goes you're basically who you are at 16 and if you are not a reasonably confident person i think that sticks with you for a long time right i mean you and i have both talked about that yeah i mean sort of being picked on a little in junior high and high school and i mean for me it kind of ended freshman sophomore year but i think i think for a long time i sort of had that lack of confidence thing from that yeah that'll do it so yeah confident people succeed i know i i would i think the grades i i know the answer i have to pick but it would be i mean and and that would be the grades but god i'd be if you knew your kid was at least going to be popular now, that being said, I went to high school with some people who were popular, and they got out of high school and didn't know what the fuck to do with themselves, and they're, they're just lost. And they have the, uh, the, you know, the cliche of the the jock that relives his past but never – Yeah, they – honestly, it's sad. The, their lives – the queen that was beautiful and just – Their lives peaked at 18. Yeah, yeah. So there's that cliche, but it's true. And there you, are people like that. Yeah, you go back to these high school reunions, and they're just – they're just drunk people who've wasted the rest of their life. So I don't know. I – I guess I would have to say grades, but I would have to think long and hard about that one. All right, last one. Would you? Well, well you have to answer that one. Do I? Yeah. Uh, same as the attic and basement. Six, one, half dozen. The other. <laughs> That's probably really, true. Honestly. Probably true. Uh, last one here. Would you rather create a documentary film where you go undercover inside a cult or the most isolated tribe in the world? You first. Well, it depends. If the isolated tribe 
is like uh, brain eaters. I think, uh, <laughs> then you're safe. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Um, and where is it at? If it's like rainforest, fuck no. All the fucking mosquitoes and all the bugs and all the malaria. No. No, thanks. I think I'm going to pick the cult. What if it's a cult of brain eaters? Okay. Yeah, there are stipulations both ways. <laughs> but I'm thinking cult would be more like... You know, religious cult in like the breadbasket America. It's got to be. It's got to be one like you like know, north northern woods come work. You somewhere. know, you'll survive. Yeah, so it'd be super uncomfortable to be in that uh, isolated tribe because you know those it's untamed wilderness area. I guess and you're th- living in huts and you got like you know you're basically completely nude except for like a palm frond on your ween. So I saw on your ween. <laughs> I saw a it was like a Discovery Channel, History Channel thing or they met one of these they were meeting these isolated tribes in like South America and and that one of the people going in and they deal with these people occasionally. And one of the guys going in with the host was like, All right, when they offer you something to drink, do not take it. And he's like, Why not? He goes, Because they try and poison new people. And they're like, like make them sick. He goes, No, it's lethal. It'll kill you. He goes do not drink it. He's like, well, it isn't, aren't they going to be insulted by it? He goes, no, they're going to see it as a sign of strength that you're just like not going for their Why bullshit kind of thing. There? And they were trying, they were like, here, drink it, uh, drink it. And the guy was like, no, we're not going to drink it. And he was getting really nervous that, cause they were seeming like agitated and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, that kind of, that would, I would have to know it's not going to be a cult. Uh, it's not going to be a cult or tribe that's going to kill me. Yeah. Uh, and then there's always a chance to take over the cult. <laughs> Right? I actually think a cult would be more dangerous. Yeah. I mean, I don't, it depends on the cult, honestly. If it's like a, a helter skelter shit where they want you to go, you know, murder people. What about a David Koresh kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the government shows up or Ruby Ridge. It's not a cult, but Jim you, Jones. Jim Jones. Oh, that would. Have be. you ever heard the video or the audio from that whole yeah, thing? Yeah. I've seen a couple different documentaries. It's creepy. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's some crazy shit. And the, the poor people that knew what was happening and, and couldn't get away because they were basically guarded. Yeah. They said, you know, you, know, you hear people say, well, why didn't they just run away into the jungle? Well, there were guys there that were yeah. going to shoot them. There were some that got away, but not many. I'll tell you, you know, given that choice, wouldn't you, wouldn't you run? Yeah. I think I'd or rather. I would, or I would attack. Here's a would you rather. Would you rather be shot or poisoned? That's their stipulation. Well, their stipulation of that too. I think I'd rather be shot. I mean, where? I just hopefully you get. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly don't have an answer for that one. I don't know. Well, I mean, you and I have shot plenty of stuff, and you realize that it's not necessarily that easy to hit somebody. Yeah, but it, but if you get hit, it's gonna do a lot of damage so no. yeah but i mean if you if you made a run for it and you got to the jungle right. you know i i take my chances yeah if, if you're gonna have to either take take the drink and just hope for the best or try to not ingest it all or if you're just gonna try to run and hope you don't get shot yeah that, that'd be the choice i'd make well didn't run. they say that like people even who pretended to take it um and like laid down pretended to be dead they like shot him and stuff like that or yeah, they had they had guys going around just making sure everything was taken care of, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that Jim Jones stuff is really it's hard to watch those documentaries. Well, I'll tell you, I've had this conversation with my kids. Unfortunately, that you know, because the Jacob Wetterling thing that happened in Minnesota, mm-hmm. 
And uh, for those who don't know, and I can't believe you wouldn't, because he's like the face of disappeared kids. They uh, found his body within the last couple of years because the guy confessed to the whole thing and yeah. told the story of what happened. But he was abducted at gunpoint with some friends of his. And I've told my kids, I said, if anybody ever tries to abduct you at gunpoint, I'm like, you got to run. Even if you think you're going to get shot, because yeah. well, they tell that to to, to women too. Yeah, if you get, you abdu- get abducted, say fight back and run, do whatever you, you get. Don't the, let don't do what they tell you. If you get in the car, it's over. Yeah, and you know the other thing is, I tell them not only are they not going to shoot you, well, the likelihood that they'll hit you isn't high, but even if they, even if they're you're pretty sure they're going to shoot at you, they don't they don't want to shoot in an area like that. I mean, people hear gunshots, they start. Paying attention. Yep. All right. So Jessica Yaniv is back in the uh, news again. Yep. Wait. This is the uh, infamous Canadian ball waxer. <laughs> Trans ball waxer. So for those who uh, don't know or didn't hear us talk about it before, Jessica Yaniv is a ma'am uh, in Canada, I believe who is all sorts of fucking crazy, um, is claiming that he's a she. And it's gone from, like, John to Jessica or whatever. But has become a huge activist and went out and tried to go to um, waxing clinics to get his... To get a Brazilian. Yeah. Or Brazilian. But is not a surgically altered person. Still has his male genitalia. And was saying, well, they wouldn't wax me and tried to put all of these places out of business, tried to bully them on social media and everything. Actually actually sued them. Yeah. He's now had to pay three of these places, $2,000 each, which is small potatoes because a couple of the places are out of business because they got sued out of existence on this. Um, And then he, uh, he was the one who tried to have a pool party with underage a topless pool party with underage kids was going to host it and ban and ban uh ban adults and, and and parents, their parents yeah and was talking about uh um you know how do you approach young first-time menstruating girls yeah in the he locker had a, room? a real a real perverse uh fixation on menstruation too so and he, he would talk about menstruation like i'm menstruating no, you're not. Yeah, and then had a... Um, but it was like it was like a fetish almost, Yeah, like had a level in- of fetishness. Instagram post where he posted some chocolate thing and said, hey, you know what, I mean, words to the effect of... That time of the month. Hey, uh, girls, yeah, you know. chocolate, blah, blah, blah. And when someone said, you're not menstruating, blah, he said, yes, I am. And people would support him and say, you know, not just women menstruate. Well, that's factually, scientifically, empirically proven false. Trans men. No, they don't. Unless they're shitting out their asshole, but which still is not menstruation. Anyway, uh, no trans men with vaginas menstruate. Well, yeah, because trans men are women that transition. Uh, see, to men, I'm I'm confused. But they don't have. The, uh, we need jerseys because uh, I don't know which team anybody's playing for anymore. So here's a uh, Jessica Yaniv is uh, on Twitter, and it's at trusted nerd is is the uh, hash or not hashtag is the whatever the name you give yourself on Twitter. And then here's what Handle. it here's what it says. The latest tweets from Jessica Yaniv, LGBTQIA plus advocate, friend, daughter, and tech blogger, she, her, hers, human rights advocate, model, 
global internet personality. Have you, by the way, says uh, daughter, have you seen Jessica and Eve's mom? Yeah, crazy. She's a piece of fucking work. Yeah, she's crazy. She is, she, and she's attacked people, reporters, whatever, uh, with, with like a cane. and <laughs> It's completely nuts. Well, so one of the reasons Eve's back in the news is she's in He's. court. Yeah, he is in, I, I keep getting I thrown off by the name, uh, is in court because he was on a, um, a live stream with uh, Blair White, and who's a trans trans woman. Yep. Uh, so Blair White and a conservative one too. Blair White said, uh, um, or was talking about something, and Jessica Yaniv pulled up a stun gun. Yeah. And charged it, and and Yaniv is from Canada, or in Canada, and it's where it's to illegal have to have one of those, and it's also illegal to sort of flaunt it. And uh, Blair White was like, was that a moment for you? And Jessica and Eve's like, yeah, it was. But has carried the stun gun around and apparently stunned a guy in an elevator with it, but is going to be brought up on weapons charges in Canada for it. Yeah. Um, but the main reason Yaniv's uh, back in the news is she, uh, he went to a, <laughs> was referred to a gynecologist went to the gynecologist and they said, oh, sorry, we don't accept trans patients. Mm-hmm. And Blair White tweeted and Blair White tweeted on this said, uh, people with vaginas go to gynecologists. If you don't, you don't go to the repair shop if you don't own a car. <sighs> it's absurd. But I mean, it's nice to see, though, the absurdity that someone like this is. I mean, you couldn't ask for like a better like troll you know, to point out the absurdity of everything than, than, than Yaniv. But Yaniv is not a troll. Yaniv is a, is a dangerous person that has a fetish and a sexual perversion that is making them, um, you know, they can't help this, this fucker can't help but be front and center because he's got such a kind of a fixation on, on all this craziness that he can't, he won't, it's like he can't help himself, which is great because it's pointing out the absurdity and, and showing what, what the slippery slope leads to, leads but to you, this fucking guy. But you know what the sad part about that is, though? That there are sort of what I would call normal left-wing people. I mean, not crazy, but just people who are like, yeah, I liked Barack Obama and he was fine and Bill Clinton did okay and I guess I would have voted for Hillary, those sorts of people, not like the, you know, the screeching leftists. Those people look at you and even say... That's probably a right-wing troll. And I just think, why do you say that? Do you say that because you just can't believe that someone would seriously do this? This is the extreme of your party. Yeah. This is those people. This is what it leads to. I mean, Westboro Baptist Church is the extreme of of the right, you know? Yep. And the difference is the right disavows these people. They just go, look, they're idiots. They're crazy. They're not with us. And the people on the left are saying, that's eh, a plant. Can't really be. No, it is. I mean, it's, this person's real. Yep. This is a man who believes that he's a woman, despite the fact that he's got male genitalia and a fixation for m- preteen menstruating girls, you know. Yeah. yeah, he he's basically it's it's disgusting. I don't even want to talk about it, but he wants to. He asks, he goes to these chats and wants to know how best to approach preteens and how to instruct them on these tampons. I mean, that's the kind of stuff he's yeah, into. He, and he should he should actually be in jail. He should be in an institution. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and away from society. Wait, are you diagnosing him without actually meeting him? Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> Preponderance of evidence shows that either this guy is a masterful troll or he is dangerous and he should not be out there, especially around children. Yeah, I agree. So, But again, this goes back to our, and I think you agree with me on this whole trans thing. Look, I don't care what you want to be called. If his name's John, he wants to be called Jessica and dressed like a woman, fine. I don't care. It's weird. I don't care. But don't tell me that you're a woman. Yeah. Don't tell me you're menstruating. Yeah. Don't tell me you you need to go to the gynecologist. Don't give me that shit. Yeah. Because it's not fucking true. The best you'll get from me is tolerance. The worst is that there are probably, you probably can find him somewhere, some gynecologist who would say, well, I'll see her. For what? You know? Yeah. I just, it, it's insane. Uh, to, where is it good for any, like in psychology, is it good to feed into a delusion in any other aspect? I, I think Jordan Peterson's mentioned sometimes when you're with really dangerous people. Yeah. It, and they want to let you know they're in charge. He goes, yeah, you okay, let them so know. So in certain situations that would cause harm for yeah. you. Yeah. He course. goes, you know, the, and I'm I'm pretty sure I'm right. If I remember this a couple of years ago, I saw him talk about this lecture. He goes, those people get really dangerous when they think they're not in charge anymore. He yeah. goes, no, you can't. He goes, those people need to be locked up, you know. But when you're facing one of those people, he goes, you don't try and. But clinically speaking, yeah. if you're treating a person for some sort of disorder or, or um, mental problem, if they have, if they present a a uh, danger or a, present um, a delusion, you don't ever feed into it, right? Mm -hmm. If you're trying to treat them for it, you go, "No, this is not what you are. You have to accept reality." Yeah. Again, I'm not I'm not a doctor, but but that's probably changing. They're probably uh, all the all these. Well, you we know, all have our own truths. Yeah, psychological and, and, and sciences, there's no real set, you know, standard for that either. So well, there's I no think, empirical, you know, studies and evidence that you can use for that kind of uh, situation. I think you just need to Sololinsky these people and throw it back at them. When, they, when you say, uh, he's not menstruating, he's a man, and they go, oh, no, that's a gender, that's a construct, uh, you know, uh, more than women can just menstruate. You got to go, mm, that's not my truth. I'm living my truth. Yeah. You know, my, my truth is that I'm a car and I need gas. So I'm going to go to the gas station. I'm going to fucking open the pump and shove it in my pants. <laughs> that reminds me. Do you see that? I don't know. You can't tell me otherwise. So you just let me do that. Is it an insurance commercial where they've got the motors? The guy who's like half car, half guy, half uh, motorcycle. Never saw it. Yeah, he comes off a motor. Okay. And he's standing out there and he's like drinking something out of like a big gulp. And the guy at the gas station goes, It's pretty hot. He goes, Not that bad. What, what do you, uh, he goes, What do you drink to, or what do you use to keep cool? He goes, Gasoline. He goes, oh, what's in the cup? Gasoline. <laughs> okay. I never saw those. Yeah, they're pretty funny. Well, you don't watch TV with commercials anymore either. Well, I'm starting to again. Like I said, I'm getting these fucking Bloomberg commercials on YouTube, I think, where you can't skip them. Bloomberg's not a motor. Not a motor. Maybe a motard. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. Uh, he's certainly uh He's certainly like everybody's, you know, woke scold. Yeah. yeah. God, he's got to tell he's got to tell everybody what to do. Well, and then you know his his big push what he's, what he's running on right now is is guns. 
banning guns and banning people from having guns. But I mean, he's not outright saying banning guns, but he's he's basically saying we need to get a handle on this gun situation. Well, he's in his commercials. He's saying, "Hey, I fixed a broken city after 9/11." He wasn't governor then. No, that was or he, not governor, uh, mayor. That he, was Rudy Giuliani. He got things done. And I don't know how long he after 9/11. Plastic straws. Did he? I think that was his initiative. I thought that happened in California first. No, that was him. Bloomberg, pretty sure. Hmm. You can quote me on that. No, you can't. I just but did. You can. I guess it's not going to hurt anything <laughs> if you do or not. What does it matter? Go you'll ahead. just you'll just disavow it anyway. Yeah. You know, he wanted to make uh, he wanted to make pets illegal. Did you know that? Sure. <laughs> I buy that. Yep. And uh, you know. Free uh, free chocolate for all menstruating she-males. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's going to be a thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, it's it's just crazy. Well, and then you've got Minneapolis and you've got other places where they have the uh, libraries that have the drag queen story hours, which is taxpayer-funded programming to get indoctrination into the libraries to have children, parents bring their children to have men that hate women who dress up like women, which is what I believe most drag queens are um, because they do this ostentatious over the top representation of, of femininity. That's not even, it's not, it's, it's, it's sexual in a way that's perverse. Um, So they have them show up. Isn't everything sexual perverse? No. And then they show up and they read, you know, this propaganda books about, uh, you know, accepting trannies and all that. And the latest one was one that showed up. That was a stripper at a gay bar or something this dude and he was kept spreading his legs wearing a skirt while in a chair in front of these children did you hear about this one well we talked about this yeah and i'm just fucking tired of it well here's a question not along those lines but why do we even have libraries anymore i don't know i i do like the idea of it even if it's kind of um what past its time what part about it do you like um i just i guess it's like nostalgia for when i was a kid so when I would go to the library as a kid, I, I really appreciated having those. Well, first of all, it's pronounced library. Library. And I almost said a, a, appreciate like you do. Instead appreciate? Of a, instead of appreciate. Appreciate. I say appreciate. And you go appreciate. Because I appreciate it. You appreciate it. Yeah. But I appreciate it. So one of us is right. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners decide. So. Here. Uh. I don't fucking care. <laughs> Every time you say appreciate, I think appreciate, but I don't correct you, see, because I'm not a grammar Nazi. Well, you'd be wrong. All right. So, um, but I'm, I, listen, I'm just appreciating my truth. I would, I would go to a library and I would, um, you know, they, they, I can't explain, you know, you, you really, as a kid without the internet growing up, um, it was just, like they say, it opened up a whole new world for you. Whereas nowadays, obviously, you don't need that. Um, but, and I'm just like the, I don't know, it's just like the, the the smell of the place. It smelled like old books and, you know, I don't know what it is. It's just, it was a comforting place to be. Now, I suppose nowadays you go in and you have to worry about getting stabbed by needles. <laughs> or well, having somebody rob you or having a homeless person shit on the floor. I don't know. And I'm serious when I say this. Why the fuck do we have libraries anymore? Because... There's one right here in our studio that I think I built, you know, five to a dozen years ago, whenever. 
and it's got the whole, you know, green roof on it. And by green roof, I mean it's growing grass. You know, it's a rain garden up there or whatever because it's ecologic, ecologically sound or I don't know. But that place is open Monday through Friday from about 8 in the morning till about 6 o'clock at night. When the fuck do you take your kids there? Yeah, good point. And yeah, it's open on Saturday. You know, but it's it, not it's not open on Sunday. You know why? Because it's a government office. And it used to be when I was younger, you could we could ride my bike to the library, you know, and set the bike outside and go in the library. And there's no way you're going to let your kids go to a library alone now. There's too many fucking creepers. There's too many fucking pervs on the computers there looking at porn. There's too many, you know, drug addicts probably or, or homeless trying to, you know, or crazy people because they there's you know there's nowhere to put the crazies anymore. So hey. Libraries are a nice spot for that. Well, and it's where a lot of people, homeless people, get access to bathrooms and internet. Yeah. You so know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let my kids go to the library alone. So you have to take them. But we spend millions of dollars on these buildings that ninety percent of the time they're open, the public who would use them can't access them. Yeah. If we're going to have a library, let's have it be open from seven o'clock in the morning on Saturday until. 10 o'clock at night and the same thing on, on Sunday, you know, and Monday through Friday during the workday, it's closed because nobody, nobody's going there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I can't, I can't justify, I guess, keeping them open, but it's, it's kind of just a kind of an American standard thing that you just consider. It, it was at one time meant that we were a prosperous society, that we could have libraries that people could go to. And, and we had them in every city, multiple libraries. And it just, it was like a, a sign of the success of our nation or affluence of our nation to have that. Well, how many, you want to talk about affluence of a nation. You can get, what does a Kindle cost nowadays? Shit, probably 40 bucks, 30. Yeah. 30, 40 bucks. Yeah. Right. And how many places can you get public wireless? It's getting, getting pretty big there. Tons of them. Yeah. How much would it cost, instead of building a library and upkeeping a library, uh, how much would it cost to just buy everyone who wants one a fucking Kindle? Because how many books are on those things? There are thousands of free books on a Kindle. Yeah. And just give them out and say, there you go. There's your library. Yep. And people go, well, you know, I get movies on there. And okay, fine. Yeah, you you know? can do all that. You, yeah, you can do all that stuff. Well, but I don't have internet access. Look, we can keep coming up with every single uh, special snowflake, you know, I don't fit into this mold kind of thing. So therefore, you have to spend millions of public dollars to make, to make something available that I'm probably not going to use anyway. I just... It's dumb. Yeah, I mean, they'll say it's a quality of life thing in a city that that shows that you're, I don't know, I can't, I I personally, I don't know if I would, how I would feel about not having libraries anymore. It would, it would be kind of a bummer, but that's basically, like I said, from nostalgia. When was the last time you were in one? Years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I used to go when I was younger regularly to the library. Um, I don't, I'm. I'm saying this as someone whose kids do really well in school 
and we spend a lot of time on education with them and reading and all that. I don't know that other than school field trips that my kids have ever been to the library. Well, that's why they're doing things like Drag Queen Story Hour to bring people in, bring parents in, you know, to enrich. And yet you have... culture and enrich. It still can't get you to go, can it? Well, I might go. I mean, as fond as you are of drag queens. (laughs) Sure. You seem to know a lot about them. Yeah. Yeah, I guess... Their likes, their dislikes, you know, things like that. It's kind of like not seeing phone booths anymore. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, it's kind of a shame. I kind of... I mean, there's even a nostalgia for seeing phone booths out there, knowing that they're there for an emergency. But why? <laughs> I, was having a, I was having a conversation with one of my kids the other day about um, phones on the wall. Because he said, why do you say hang up the phone? He's mm-hmm. like, why, why do you yeah, say hang up? Hang on a cradle. I'm like, listen, here's how it was. There's a cradle to put your phone on. Yeah, it was on the wall right outside the kitchen. And it had this super long cord on it. If you wanted to talk to your girlfriend in high school, you had to stretch it all the way down the hallway, you know? Yeah. And uh, only the super rich kids had one in their room, you know, because phones were expensive. And uh, even then, it was like you're on your parents' line, so your parents listened in stuff. And you're trying to explain to them that you had one phone line coming to the house. And, you know, all there was was a busy signal on it. You know, until there was like call waiting in the eighties. Yeah. You know, people are like, What? He's looking at me like, Where what the hell? You're making this up. Yeah. I'm like, no, that's how it was. And he's like, Well, what'd you do if you call someone they weren't there? Nothing. You know, it wasn't until that, you know, mid eighties, maybe nineties until answering, answering machines were yeah. prevalent. Yep. You know? And then you came home and it had the little tape in it, and you went to play it and the tape was so old it ate the tape and you're like, Holy shit. Did you ever ever have a pager? No, I did. Because I wasn't a drug dealer. I wasn't a drug dealer. And I yes, had a you were. <laughs> you said in the last episode, how many drugs you did? That Yeah, I didn't deal drugs. Yeah, you did. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I had a pager for, for my job. It was ridiculous. Well, then, you, so you had to, you got paged and you had to go find a payphone, didn't you? Yeah. That's, that's how dumb that was. I just looking back, I'm like, why? Yeah. So, yeah, either a drug dealer or a doctor when you had a pager back then. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So weird. Yeah. I feel old. <laughs> well, it's because we are. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think we're coming up on time, aren't we? Yep. So, right. again, if you um, have any story suggestions or if you just want to uh, give us a good peace of mind, you can contact us. It's rooster at breadandcircusespodcast.com or crow at breadandcircusespodcast.com. And we're on our Facebook page uh, where you can like and review us uh, at Bread and Circuses Podcast. See you, bye.